Good morning. Indeed, what a beautiful day, what a wonderful day it is to be in the house of the Lord today, amen? amen. And uh, thank you for uh, being here today and, and as we've come together to worship the risen Lord and, and offer our praise to Him today. Uh, just a couple of announcements to begin with. A reminder, we do have the, the Honduras Christmas bags here available. There are 50 of them over there. That's our goal this week uh, or this month. Uh, to fill those and send those back to the children of Honduras. Uh, you'll see some information right up in there in the bulletin. Uh, take a look at that. Um, need to have them back by uh, October 31st so we can uh, get them uh, packaged up and shipped off and received and, and in place in Honduras for Christmas. Again, we are looking forward to that. It's always a great... Uh, a great ministry that we've been involved in, and I know a number of you have been uh, to Honduras before to give those bags out, and what a what a sweet blessing that is uh, for the kids and for those who give them out. If you're a visitor with us today, uh, either online or in person, if you would, text the word WELCOME to 704-459-5575. That's on the top of your Inside of your bulletin, uh, it should be scrolling across the bottom of your screen if you're online as well. Uh, we're glad that you're here. We want to have a record of your presence here with us. And uh, if there's any way that we can minister to you or with you, uh, pray with you, any way that we can uh, just get to know you better, uh, we want to do that. And so, again, we want to say welcome to everyone. Again, we're glad that you're here. Let's, uh, let's open up our time of worship this morning. Let me share a passage with you in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you, Father, for the opportunity to come into your house, for you made this day possible, for you made the way possible, Lord, for us to come into the presence of Almighty God, to come into the presence in prayer, to lift up our needs, to lift up our concerns. And Father, today we come into your presence to worship you, Almighty God. Father, you are the God of everything. You are the God of all creation. And Father, we are here on holy ground today. And so, Father, we worship you, we exalt you, we praise your holy name, God, because you and you alone are worthy to be praised. Hear our hearts, Lord. Accept our worship, God, and may our worship be pleasing to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Oh, 
Amen. Proverbs 10, 25 says, When the storm is swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What a words of and songs of encouragement this morning and being reminded that God is God. What an awesome reminder we have. I want to thank you all for allowing us to have uh, the time off last week. I shared Wednesday night that uh, it was certainly a, a tiring, frustrating, exciting, and joyful time last week. Everything in, involved, but in the end, it was good. Uh, it, it was real good. We, gained, we were blessed uh, by gaining two granddaughters, uh, Maggie and Palmer, on Monday. And then on Saturday, uh, we gained a son-in-law. Uh, as he and Claire got married. So indeed, it was a, a good, uh, fast-paced week, but God certainly blessed us uh, in a great way. The babies are doing wonderful. Uh, they're strong and healthy and growing and, and doing good. So uh, you know, we're just praising God for that and thanking God for that. Also, I'd like to extend a, a thank you to Aaron for sharing his word with us last week, Aaron Hinton and... Uh, Sherry and Derek and Donna and Sonny and Gene and whoever else helped fill in and in any sort of way uh, throughout the week last week. We, we really do appreciate that and uh, appreciate your help. Today we're going to jump back in into our series, Series 316, as we're going to close out the Old Testament today. Uh, the, the last book of the Bible, I mean the last book of the Old Testament uh, Malachi. We're going to be in Malachi chapter 3 today. We find during the time of Malachi, he was a preaching prophet that came along uh, shortly after Nehemiah. It was, it took, takes, this book takes place about 400 years before the birth of Christ. Again, it's the, it's the last uh, uh, book of the Old Testament. There's a 400 year window before Matthew begins in the story of Christ. And so that's where we are. Jerusalem and the temple had been rebuilt. But Israel had strayed from God. They had strayed uh, far from God. It had become a dark time in the land. Uh, sin was prominent. It was on display on, on, on every street corner it sounded like. Um, unbelief was the norm. Uh, their belief in God had dwindled to, to just about nothing. And, and they did what they wanted instead of what God wanted and what God wanted them to do. The people had come become disappointed with God. They were disappointed because God had not made them prosperous. Oh my. But they were upset. They were upset because of that. They were upset because their, their neighbors were more powerful than they were. And they saw themselves as, as poor in, in, in a lot of different ways. And so they were, they were serving God out of, out of duty, out of obligation. And, and they looked around and, and they looked and saw, God just isn't blessed us. We are we're poor and, and these ungodly people are, are prospering. They're, they're wealthy and, and everything's going good for them. And, and so they looked around and saw this and because of that, their hearts were drawn away from God and they had moved far from God and their, their, their attitude towards God, towards serving God was just do it. 
Let's just do it. Let's just do enough to get by. Let's just show up and get a check mark. Show up and get a, a star for the day. They were serving out of duty or, or obligation. And you know, when that happens, it's never our best, is it? When, when we serve at church out of duty, out of obligation because we're on that committee, because it's our time to serve, oh, we've got to go do that. It's never our best service, is it? We never give the Lord our best when we're doing it out of an obligation as opposed to a, a desire or a love for God. And so you think about the world that day, it sounds a lot like our world today, doesn't it? But what a testimony to the timelessness of God's Word. That God's Word spoke to the people 400 years before Christ and now 2,000 years after Christ. Turn with me, if you will, to Malachi chapter 3. I go to Matthew and back up a few pages. You'll be there, okay? We're going to look at, at three sections in, in Malachi chapter 3 uh, that we want to consider this morning. And, and each of those sections could be a, a sermon in and of itself, but we're going to, we're going to try to put those together and into one and see how we come out at the other end. The first section is uh, verses 6 through 12, verses 13 through 14, and then 15 through 18. And we see in verses 6 through 12 where's a break, where there's a breaking of covenant. The people are breaking a covenant with God. They begin to, to rob God, it says in Malachi, Malachi chapter 3. They began withholding their funds from the temple from God for whatever reason. Uh, and we'll, we'll look into that some more today. But, but in essence, they were robbing God because they weren't uh, offering their tithes and offerings back to the Lord. And so as a result, the Lord tells them, say, He tells them, trust me. If you will give of yourself, I will bless you. He says, go ahead and test me that. Prove me wrong. Try me and see. And that's what we're going to see here in, in Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through, through 12. In verse 6 it says, I the Lord do not change. Let's begin right there. I the Lord do not change. God is constant. God never changes. He is the same forever and ever and ever. So keep that in mind when, when He's addressing the people of Israel. I am the Lord, I the Lord do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, it says. God tells them to test me. Bring all of your tithes that I desire, and I will pour out your blessing, my blessings upon you. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and there they may be food in my house. Test me in this, the Lord, 
says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. You hear that? God says, go ahead and test me in this. Do what I say and see if I'm not faithful in my word. Verse 11 says, I will prevent. He goes on to say, not, not only will I pour out these blessings, he says, but I will, in verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will, will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. He's going to bless them in every way imaginable if they are faithful of giving of their hearts back to Him. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. It's reiterating what we see here in the Old Testament where He says in verse 6, I, the Lord, do not change. In the New Testament, He says, I am the same forever, yesterday, today, and forevermore. Verse 6, God makes it clear again that He does not change. What He expected last year will be the same He expects next year. What He expected in the Old Testament, what He expected in the New Testament is what He expects of us today. And so if God doesn't change, if He didn't change and doesn't change, then that means that the people changed. That the people left God. God did not leave them. And now He's calling on them to return. He says, return to me and I will return to you. You see, the nation had been cursed because they were robbing God of their tithes and offerings. They were withholding them from, from, from God and spending them on themselves and spending them on their, their own desires. Today it might, it might be not tithing because you're mad at the church or you're fulfilling your own desires or you want this boat or this toy or this play, whatever it might be. You're spending it on yourself instead of trusting God and giving it to Him. You see, God knows that our money is tied to our hearts. And wherever our hearts go, our money is going to follow. And you've heard me say this for years, but look at your bank statement and you'll see where your heart is. Amen. What are you spending it on? What are you giving to? What are your expenses for? Is it all for yourself? Is it all for the toys and the good things of life? Where our heart goes, our money goes. You see, they were not blessed because their hearts had left God. Therefore, their tithes and offerings had left God. Well, what was God's response? He says, return to me and I will return all the blessings and more back to you. And He said, go ahead and test me. Prove me wrong in this idea. He says, they say, well, how do, we, how do we test God? By giving to Him with our finances, with our time, with our skills, with our life. You see, oftentimes when we think about our, our tithes and our offering, we think about, okay, here's a, here comes a sermon on giving money. Well, it's not necessarily all about money. No, sir. 
It's about all the ways we've been blessed by God to give back in those areas. What skills do you have? Are you using those skills for the kingdom of God? The time do you have? Are you cutting out time for God and serving God with that time? Have you ever tested God? Have you ever tested God in this theory here? Have you ever tried to prove God wrong? You see, this is the only place in Scripture that God says, test me. Otherwise, it says, don't test God. He says to test me in this. Test me in this area. Let me ask you this, and we've done this before. Let me challenge you to give the Lord 90 days and see if you aren't blessed. Give the Lord 90 days. Calculate your tithe. Consider your service and surrender your skills to the Lord and see if you aren't abundantly blessed in return. Will you take that challenge? Can you prove God wrong in this area of your life? God says to go ahead and try it and see. And He tells the people, return to me with your hearts and I'll return to you. In the next passage in in verses 13 through 15, He addresses the the faithless servants. They're beginning to, to, to speak arrogantly against God. It says in verse 13, it says, You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have, you said, what have we said against you? Have you said it is futile to serve God? What do we gain by carrying out His requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. It says they spoke arrogantly or harshly against God. They had an ungodly view of service. They were like, what's the point in serving if if this is all we get? If life doesn't get any better than this? To to them, they saw it as as unimportant and and unproductive to, to serve God. That it was unprofitable To serve God. It was an attitude of what's in it for me? Why should I come to church? Why should I give to the Lord? Why should I do this in ministry or that? You see, they saw the the wicked prospering and the righteous. They They were struggling and they were like, what's the point? I'm following God and not getting ahead. Well, the point is this, and and get this and hear me clearly, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's not about what we want and what we desire. It's about serving God and and pushing forth the kingdom of God. It's about Him and His purposes. You see, when we give to the Lord and, and follow Him, we become closer to Him. It demonstrates our our faith in God and and we can see the fruit of the kingdom of God. We see here in in Malachi chapter 3 in all the evil that was going on, all the darkness of the land, all the sin everywhere, the the turning of the, 
uh, we'll say the church members from the church and, and, and running to the world. It says here in Malachi chapter 3, there were a few faithful ones. There was a, they, they, there was a remnant few, a faithful few. And what were they doing? It says in verse 16, it says, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. These were, the, these were the dedicated ones that were still faithful to the Lord. And it says they, they talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. It says, continuing on in verse 16, a scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored His name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possessions. I will spare them. Just as a, a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. These were the faithful few, the, the faithful remnant, remnant that were left over. They feared the Lord they had a reverence for the Lord because they knew Him. Because they had spent time with Him. You see, the more we, we know Him, the more we revere Him. <clears throat> but unfortunately, our world today laughs at God, makes fun of God, mocks God, and there is no reverence or fear for Him at all in our world today. But it says that the, the faithful few, the, the remnant there, they... They feared God and they talked with each other. They talked of, of good things, of holy things. They talked of godly things. Amen. What, were, what were our conversations about this morning? Think about our conversations that we, that we had this morning. Were they, were they about the games yesterday? Was it about the weather and oh how we need the rain and the rain's coming? I'm sure that was part of it. Was it griping and complaining about our friends or work or yes, even church? Or was it or what was our conversation this week about how God answered or this morning about how God answered prayer this week? Was it about the person who we shared Christ with this week? Our conversations this morning, was it about how to reach someone this coming week? Or was it about how God spoke to you through Scripture this week? How God enlightened you and opened your eyes? I wonder, I wonder today how many of our conversations this morning got recorded in the book of remembrance. It says in verse 16 that God heard them. He heard their, their godly conversations and, and recorded them in the book of remembrance. Think about God's presence draws people together, doesn't it? Where God is, 
there is love. God's people cannot fight in the presence of God. Think about it. God's people cannot argue in the presence of God. God's people are not consumed with their own needs and desires. No, God's people are concerned about God's problems or or God's missions and God's purposes, not our own problems. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Is that what our main concern is? Are we trying to live like Christ in in that area of our life? God's people are... Are we God's people? Are we of God? Are you going to heaven? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Let me ask you this. Are you a church member? Are you, have you been baptized? Have you, did you tithe this morning? Are you serving in, in some capacity? Are you attending? Obviously you are today in person or online. And so, buddy, you've got a check mark for all of those. So surely you're going to heaven, right? No. You can do all that and be hell bound. You can do all of that. You can be all doing all the good things and find yourself lost from heaven when you pass from this earth. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're a church member, if you've been baptized, if you're tithing, if you're serving, if you're attending. All that, none of it matters if you're not a Christ follower. Amen. Not if you're following Him. The question is, do we have a relationship with Christ? Are we living a a life of faith, surrender, and obedience to the Lord? Is there spiritual fruit in our life? You see, these are some real questions that that we all have to answer. We all have to to deal with these questions ourselves. Yeah, we're doing the good things, but are we in a relationship with Christ? Just because we, we come to church every week, because we put money in in the box or we serve on a committee or a Sunday school teacher or a deacon or a preacher doesn't mean that we're heaven bound. The question is, do you know Jesus? Does He know you? Are you in a relationship with Him? What does your life show? Do other people see the love and the and the grace of Jesus Christ in your life, in your words, in your deeds, in your actions? What about in our conversations? Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of.
Is our mouth filled with gossip? Is our mouth filled with, with criticism? Is our mouth filled with negativity? Is our mouth filled with anger and resentment? Or is it filled with encouragement? Is it filled with forgiveness? Is it filled with love and grace and mercy? It says in verse 16, The Lord listened to the faithful remnant and took note of what they said. God is concerned with what we say about Him, what we think about Him, how we, how we feel about Him. It says that He wrote down their good conversations to remember them. In fact, everything Amen. that we do, everything that we say, we'll have to answer for. There'll be no surprises in heaven when we get to heaven because our entire life is being recorded every day, every moment. Every second. That thought that you just had, I wish the preacher would hurry up, it was recorded. <laughs> and that thought I just had, I wish there was an amen, it was just recorded. <laughs> he hears our thoughts. Amen. That's scary to me. I don't know about you. He knows our deeds and our actions and, and we're all going to be held accountable for them. In Ecclesiastes 3.17 it says, there will be a time to judge every, everything. Every deed will be judged. And so the question is, what do we do with the time that we have? What are we doing with the time we have every day of the week, every moment of the day? Are we being good stewards of our time? Are we being good stewards of our thoughts and our actions? I was sent a poem yesterday. I thought I'd slip it into the, into the message today, and it's called Watch. It says, watch your thoughts. They become your words. Watch your words. They become your actions. Watch your actions because they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. And watch your character because it becomes your destiny. <clears throat> Do you know for sure where your eternal destiny will be? Without question. Is there something in your life that, that you need to bring before the Lord? An attitude, a motivation, a response, an interaction? Are there thoughts and words or deeds that, that, that we need to bring to the, to the altar and confess it to the Lord? Amen. Are there attitudes and motivations that weren't godly this week? Have we become spiritually complacent in our lives? Malachi 3, 7, the second part of that says, Return to the Lord, and He will return to you. We return to the Lord through, through repentance and confession and lived out in obedience. Malachi 3, 10 says, The Lord invites us to test Him through our obedience. 
again in verse 16, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored His name. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on His law day and night. Malachi concludes the, the chapter in verse 17. He says, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. And here it is. Thinking about what he said throughout chapter 3. Their faithlessness. God's call for them to return in their faithfulness. He says, if you return to me, I will return to you. And he concludes, he says, on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. And here it is. They will be my treasured possessions and I will spare them. Are you in a relationship with Christ? Are you a follower of Christ? Will you simply be God's possession or His treasured possession? Will you be spared? Or not? You see, we all have to decide. We all have to decide for ourselves who we're going to serve, what we're going to serve, who we're going to follow, what we're going to follow in this world. And the question is, have you decided? And if you've decided, are you doing it? And if you're not doing it, God's calling us back to Him. Come back to me and I will return to you. Will you decide to follow Jesus Today, the one who, who died for you on the cross, who died for all of us on the cross, who shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, for our wickedness, for our evil hearts. God died for that. And God raised Him from the dead so that we could have the hope of eternal life, so that we too could be resurrected like Jesus Christ. Amen. That is the hope that we have. And God is calling us today to return to Him and what will you do? You see, there's an area in all of our lives that we've, we've gone away from God. That we've pulled away from God. And God's calling us back. God's calling us to repentance. Amen. He says, if you return to me, I'll return to you. So that we can have that fellowship that we were made for. So that we can be in one Accord with God and one accord corporately with God. For God is, is love. And where God is, love abounds. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Have you decided to return to Him today? Our hymn of invitation is just that. I have decided. Now it's your turn to decide. The time of decision is now to come to Him and confess whatever it is on your heart.
Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, we seek forgiveness where we've left you, where we've strayed away from you, where we've wandered into the dark land of this world. Forgive us, Lord. Where we show up out of duty, where we show up to serve out of obligation, forgive us. God, we pray right now, we pray today, God, that you would change and transform our hearts. God, that we would love to serve you and desire to serve you. God, that we would be found in conversation about godly things. That our life would be about fulfilling your mission instead of our mission. So Father, as you have spoken to us in this time of quietness, in this time of response, in this time of decision, God, may you convict our hearts to be poured out over to you that they might be changed and transformed into your likeness. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.